Federal antitrust regulators finalize new merger guidelines that will have a significant impact on healthcare deal-making. An independent Iowa pharmacy files a lawsuit against United Health and OptumRx, alleging high back-end fees. And we're seeing a rise in respiratory illnesses and a new COVID variant ahead of the holidays. It's Friday, December 22nd. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. As a note to our listeners, the podcast will be on a holiday break through the end of the year. We'll be back on Wednesday, January 3rd, with an encore airing of my conversation with HWL Executive Vice President Jeff Niles about how his organization partners with health systems and other healthcare providers to implement a privately branded vendor-neutral contingent workforce solution to help them lower costs, improve quality, and increase fill rates. In the meantime, we wish you the happiest of holidays days, a restful end of 2023, and a happy new year. The Biden administration's long-awaited updated merger guidelines have been finalized, and though they apply to all sectors of the U.S. economy, they could put specific limitations on future deals within the healthcare industry. The Federal Trade Commission and the U.S. Department of Justice released the 2023 merger guidelines on Monday. The guideline revisions have been in the works since January 2022. The guidelines themselves are not legally binding, but they do provide insight into what antitrust regulators and the courts will use to determine whether proposed mergers and acquisitions are anti-competitive. In a statement, the Department of Justice said that the new guidelines would make the process more transparent and take into account modern market realities like vertical integrations. The final merger guidelines are not materially different from the draft guidelines released in July that we covered on the podcast, but the authors did soften some of the anti-merger language that appeared in the earlier version. But the guidelines could still have a significant impact on various areas of healthcare deals, including giving regulators the ability to examine a firm's pattern of multiple acquisitions, as well as putting entities on notice that mergers can violate the law when they eliminate a potential entrant in a concentrated market. The American Hospital Association said in a statement that it will continue to review the final guidelines, but pointed to its September public comments that claimed that the draft guidelines ignored what they said were serious flaws in contemporary enforcement practice against hospital mergers and placed too much weight on cases from several decades ago. An independent pharmacy is suing United Health Group and its pharmacy benefit manager, OptumRx, in federal court, alleging the company violated antitrust law for alleged breach of contract, among other claims. Osterhaus Pharmacy, based in Maquoketa, Iowa, filed the class action complaint in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Washington on Monday. The lawsuit alleges that OptumRx violated federal antitrust law when it denied pharmacy services providers access to its Medicare Part D beneficiary network unless they also entered a second transaction, compelling them to pay fees known as direct or indirect remuneration or DIR fees in order to fill and dispense prescriptions, according to the lawsuit. 
These fees, also sometimes referred to as network plan rebates, were originally established by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services to account for what the agency assumed were the true costs of a drug dispensed, including any manufacturer rebates. These fees also allow pharmacy benefit managers to adjust how much pharmacies are reimbursed for dispensing drugs. The plaintiffs allege the DIR fees imposed through OptumRx's contracts cause pharmacies to provide services at a loss. The suit refers to these contracts as one-sided and part of a take-it-or-leave-it package. The lawsuit alleges that the fees are unfair, calling them both arbitrary and nonsensical, since they rely on metrics that pharmacies have no control over, including patient outcomes or which drugs a physician prescribes. This is not the first time Osterhaus Pharmacy has filed a class action lawsuit against a PBM. The pharmacy sued CVS in September, claiming that its PBM, Caremark, required independent pharmacies to sign similar contracts. It's officially winter, and the number of respiratory illness cases is on the rise ahead of the holiday week. According to data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, respiratory illness activity is elevated or increasing across most of the United States. Fifteen states and New York City are experiencing high or very high levels of respiratory illness activity. Most of these states are in the southern U.S., including Louisiana and South Carolina. But California, New Mexico, and Colorado are also seeing high levels of illness activity. According to the data, hospitalizations for COVID-19 and flu infections are trending upwards. However, hospital admissions for respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, appear to be stable or even declining. For the week ending on December 9th, there were more than 23,000 new hospitalizations for COVID-19 infections. This is lower than 2023's peak in January at more than 44,000. However, the rates are elevated for infants and young children and are the highest among seniors. For confirmed influenza infections, the CDC reports that there were slightly more than 7,000 patients hospitalized for the week ending on the 9th, an increase from 5,700 patients who were hospitalized the week before. It remains to be seen how this could impact hospitals within the next month or so, as we have not reached the peak of the season. As respiratory illnesses make the rounds this holiday season, the World Health Organization has begun monitoring a new COVID subvariant. JN.1 is an Omicron variant, and the International Health Group has classified it as a variant of interest, but said that current evidence shows the risk to public health is low. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at justhealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.